Welcome back to The Sighting Lab, where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. Now, this week's episode is a bit of a mishmash of two episodes that we're doing. The first part of it is we're doing a who to look out for in World Superbike. Now, as someone uh, who has been pushing to do more World Superbike content, this is exactly the sort of thing that we were thinking about doing. Now, make sure that you stick around for our interview uh, that we have done with someone that you might know, may or may not know. I mean, he's quite a cool guy, Mr. Domi Agater, who obviously won MoCE and World Super Sport last season. So first off, let's dive straight into the first bit of this podcast and let's talk about World Superbikes. Now, Catherine is joined by Harvey, Carly and Anik. So why don't we head right in by talking about the top three in World Superbikes right now? Okay, let's start with Bautista seeing as he won the championship last season. So, I mean, I'm probably the most biased person to ask about <laughs> because uh, Me too. I am an but the other way. top rack supporter. <laughs> yeah. But being non-biased, I think he's really talented. I think this year, I don't know what's going to happen really. I don't know what the bike setup's going to be like, but everyone knows that the Ducati is really fast. So it's probably still going to be really fast. Um, and I just I think agree. he's he's going to win a lot of races again. I, I, yeah. I, I think as much as like World Superbikes is unpredictable, I, I would still say he's the bookie's favourite anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, I mean, he is the world champion. You can't really fault that. But... Well, there are a lot of people who do it. The well, well, like the Hattie is obviously. I'm gonna say the, the the best bike on the grid, especially last year. It's just received, I think, a new package, so we might be looking at some more upgrades there. It might just become even faster, which would be terrifyingly fast. Um, <laughs> I'd oh, say just like a whole lap ahead of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> he he's either yeah. gonna win. He's either gonna win every single race. Or yeah. he's going to be given a hard time. I don't think there'll be any in between. Now, I am a bit biased when it comes to Bautista because everybody knows that I just, I really like him. And I've got photos with him and they are on my lock screen on my laptop. So, yeah, a bit of bias is shown here. Apologies. <laughs> but yeah, no, Bautista, I think, is really, really talented. I mean, I am biased, but I'll try not to be biased. Um, He's really talented. Again, there's a, a few con controversies surrounding his win last season oh sorry um yeah so despite some controversies last season he um still went on and proved that he uh deserved of the deserving of the championship and I do think he's going to give everyone a really tough time this season well I think especially well uh I know this probably has nothing to do with it but didn't um World Superbike kind of like deny the, um, yes, the minimum weight, you know, I'm not, saying it, plays in no. I'm not saying it plays oh. in people's hands, but poor, they said poor, no. poor, Scott, poor Scott Redding, he's 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 dead for, and Bautista's just going to, uh, well, I'll say Cruz, but it's more like absolutely run to it because he's that light. <laughs> okay, right. Let's move on to the next person who Carly is a big fan of. Carly, do you want to talk about Top Rock? Yes. I just like his riding style. It's just it's do it's gonna amaze everyone just yeah. countless times next season because 
it's just one of a kind and if that Yamaha just had a bit more top speed I think Top Rack could give Bautista a run for his money so I really hope Yamaha are trying to get this top speed sorted because it's just it's just ridiculous the Ducati just goes past Yamaha on the straight last season and it was it was so sad I, I think it will depend because I think that the only way I think that Bautista maybe cruised a bit more to the title last year is Toprak started off horribly, like completely, completely horribly. And I think that, you know, should he have, should he have a good bike, bike under his, um you know, under his legs and he should be fine um throughout the whole season but it's just staying consistent i mean he you know, after donington park then he kind of just turned it on turned on the switch and absolutely fought back at bautista but i don't think he can allow another start of the season like that i mean we all remember i think um if we go back to estoril i think you've basically like lost two wins on the last lap anyway and i, I think slip ups like that that's gonna that'll dent that'll dent any title hopes he he has this year. So I think that we just need to see it throughout the whole year. Otherwise, I think Bautista Bautista will not stop. Regardless, I think it's just up to Top Rack to take the fight to him. I'm gonna be perfectly honest here, and I haven't really kept up with all the what's about bikes testing sessions but i am very uh intrigued but honestly i'm not too positive i think carly you will probably have to deal with yeah not the greatest top speed of yamaha <laughs> honestly really yamaha sorry. just they just need to do something yeah anything at this point well I know it's MotoGP, but it's kind of for me, MotoGP and what's my bikes. Uh, it kind of goes hand in hand. Looking how the different factories where they have their strong points, where they have their issues, and we've seen that in MotoGP they were Yamaha was able to add more top speed. So hopefully this will also translate to what's my bikes, but. I'm skeptical, honestly. Especially top... because the gap between both top speeds compared to uh, to Ducati is so big, you would have to change something drastic. It's not just minimal adjustments. I think if, if Yamaha wants to dominate, I think the only thing you can do is just give them the BSB calendar and just say, have that, really. <laughs> I mean, they've done, they've done well enough in that, but... I don't know. I think that just take all the straights off all the circuits and replace them with corners. Exactly. <laughs> um, I know. I think that I think the Yamaha bike will be definitely improved. It, but it all just depends on it. All it all just depends on uh, just how we can get it working. I mean. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say apart from that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should move on to someone in green, someone on the Kawasaki, the number three of last year's championship standings. Um, it was a bit disappointing from Johnny, I'd say, last year. 
I mean, throughout the whole middle of the year, he was basically lost. Um, I think it took him about 27 races without a win or something something stupid yeah, like that. It was like his yeah. biggest... Winless like the biggest run. amount of time, yeah, that yeah. he had a win in yeah, the it, Superbike. It's strange. And the Kawasaki seems to be a, a bit of a loss at the moment. Um I, I'm not saying he got the greatest package, and to be honest, I don't think there's there's too many upgrades coming in for this season. Um, especially in a, in a year where actually a lot of teams have got aero upgrades and stuff like that. I mean, the 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 Kawasaki's kind of staying stagnant. Um, but I don't. I, I I see the trend continuing. If I'm brutally honest, I do think Johnny's kind of you know the third place in that top three for me. And it's, it's, it's disappointing to see from, you know, a, a six-time world champion, but I, I don't see him improving on on last year. And, like, it, it's disappointing, really, but I suppose it is what it is, really. Yeah. Honestly, I think if you just compare bikes, the Ducati really seems unbeatable. And the runners can just... They can only do so much to kind of try to override the and just make the best out of the faults that their bikes have. But yeah, it's going to be very, very difficult. But honestly, I am intrigued to see going back to Bautista and um, seeing how the title chances might be also not as smooth sailing as last year is that Michael Rinaldi, his teammate, obviously he is very much under the impression that he might win the championship this year and that he won't be as much of a team player anymore than he was last year. So that might be very interesting, seeing the dynamics within the team and maybe if there are a couple of clashes, problems in the garage that might be working out in favor of Toprak and Johnny. Yeah, I kind of feel like we had a, quite a strong kind of team player dynamic last year. Um, I mean, their kind of teammates seem to be very, very far from um, the, each of the three respective riders. So it would be nice to see someone like Rinaldi take the fight to, to Bautista, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, um, we know how good the um, Rocatelli has been in uh, other classes. We know how good um, Alex Lowe's has been. Obviously, you know he's a he's he's a superbike race winner as well. So it would be nice to see them. I'd say step up to the plate and dominate. Especially, I'd say Alex Lowe's has a bit of a chance of that. With with, I'm not saying Johnny's decline, but at least his misfortune. He has got a he has got a bit of an opening now to 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 step up and kind of take the lead in that in that Kawasaki team, which be quite interesting, especially because I know Johnny is he's not going to like that. He would not like that. So it would be <laughs> it would be a very interesting dynamic, and definitely if it ends up happening, it'll be incredibly spicy. I'd like to see Alex Lowe step up a little bit and start challenging. I think it would make it really really interesting. I mean, he did get a bit unlucky last year, at, especially at the beginning of the season, with having so many technical problems, not being yeah. able to finish races. So, 
he wasn't really able to show everything, all of his talent last season, in my opinion. Um, Kevin, what we did was we did talk I was about. Say, where did we go? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Sorry. Well, we did the top three, and okay, then kind of went off topic. But I okay, think... we're gonna talk. Do you want me to segue into the next bit? Yeah, yeah. just go for it, please. <clears throat> okay, so speaking of Alex Lowe's, let's sort of just look at who else outside of the top three that we can think are gonna do really well this season. So. Is there any names that stick out to you? And we're not talking rookies because that's a conversation for later. <laughs> I think it's very clear who I'm picking. <laughs> well, to be mm, honest, let me guess. This is, is this Spanish? is not this isn't biased at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, I will probably say both Honda boys. I think everyone knows how much of a fan I am of Iga Ligona, and he did have an incredible rookie season last year. But Xavi Verge also had an incredible season, and I do believe that now that they've gotten used to the weekend format, they've been to all the circuits that they haven't been because also, well, yeah, before their rookie year. I do really see them fighting for podiums, at a couple of points in time. I don't know how much they will be involved in a championship fight. I mm. think that's a bit uh, a very, very positive outlook to think that both of them would be involved. But yeah, I do believe that they are incredibly interesting to see race and I'm just I'm just a big fan. <laughs> I'm I'm I want to bring someone to the table. I'm not going to say I'm excited, but I'm definitely intrigued. But Tom Sykes, obviously... Do you know what? You've stolen the words out of my mouth, but continue. Former, <laughs> former, former, former champion. Went back to BSB for, was it two years? Um, yeah, one. He was definitely yeah. in last year. I think he was in 2021 as well. Had a bit of a ish time, like... <laughs> didn't set the world alight. And he's back on a he's back on a world superbike Kawasaki, which obviously he you know he will know fairly well, even if he's been out of the game for two years. Um, so I think it will be more intriguing than exciting to see him. I don't think he'll. I don't think much is going to happen, but if, if anything does happen, we'll know. I think absolutely. Sometimes yeah. it's not about the big results, but sometimes it's mm. just nice to see the development that they go through throughout the season and yeah and i think it's i think it's a better story i think it depends on where his future lies as well i mean obviously he's coming to the end of his career it's kind of where he wants to spend his last years and i think that if he does maybe let's say stay on um in world superbikes maybe next year year after just to close out his career we could see something developing i mean you know i i think especially like the first the first round first two rounds might just be getting his feet again and he knows what he's up against. I mean, he's, you know, it's not like he's a stranger to World Superbikes. He's, I mean, he's, he's one and one of them, the goddamn thing. So, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to be interested in looking out for his name every weekend, but I'm not going to say I'll be excited for a title fight or anything like that. Yeah. Now, someone that I think is going to shake things up a bit is we spoke to, if you haven't listened to our men's mental health episode, uh, our whole project please go listen to that because we spoke to Paul Denning who is Pata Yamaha's team principal and 
we spoke a little bit about the dynamic between Toprak and Locatelli and how Locatelli was struggling a bit being being so good but always second best to his teammate. And now I do think he'll have more of a grip on it this season and potentially challenge a bit more because of he's now had that season and obviously the season before where Toprak were on, I do think it'll make things a bit more interesting now that he has gotten that experience under his belt of being the second teammate but I also think that it could make him hungrier for more I'm gonna throw a name into the mix Axel Bassani I think he he could definitely be in not necessarily win the championship but mix things up a bit like he did last year because he was fighting so hard at the end of last season for that um factory Ducati and I and it's just such a shame that he didn't get it because I mean he was he was placing higher than oh my god the name's just Ronaldo Ronaldo <laughs> yes him and maybe it was sponsorships maybe it was down to money in the end we'll we'll probably never know but I just think it's such a shame that he hasn't got the factory seat this year because he's you can see his progression since he's been in World Superbike and he had such a great season last year and he's still on the same bike. To be honest, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a situation where he is a bit more aggressive in wanting the title compared to Rinaldi in the way that it's between both of the teammates, whereas Rinaldi would rather take a step back for the team, be more of a team player. And I think that might play a role into the decision. I do believe that Axel Bassani really, really deserved that seat, but it might be a different dynamic, maybe not such an amicable dynamic between both riders. And we all know how much that plays into also results. Yeah, we wouldn't want another MotoGP situation where you've got two, two riders that want to fight for a title against each other. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think they've. I think the the World Superbike team, anyway, they've taken a bit more of a appropriate option having one more team player. I think Bautista's thirty eight. Like he hasn't got much of his career left, so I'd say that. Um, I'd say that it depends on whether Ducati want to keep Rinaldi or not. Because if they do, I'd say they're waiting for. Bautista to to leave, and then they might, and then they might make a dynamic out of that. I think that it it really does um really does depend on I'd say Ronaldo at least. I think it might also be um a situation of where they want to give Ronaldo one last chance to prove himself, and if he doesn't perform this season, and Bassani is there every single race fighting for the lead or even fighting for a podium place that they might do a switch after this year. Now, the next thing that I think that is the most exciting thing of World Superbikes this season is the rookies. Now, there are six of them this season. You've got Daniel Petrucci, Domi Agata, who we speak to later, remember that, uh, Remy Gardner, Eric Granado, and Baldessari and Black Bradley Ray. So, Rookies, what are we thinking? Who's going to outshine everyone else? Who? There's too many. I, I know, know there's, there's only so six. There's, uh, I yeah, thought they're there was all like, but, but it's the, not like they're all, you know, like 
it's not like they're all just trying to make their way up. Like they're all goods. They're all very good. They've all made a name for themselves. Yeah, like, that's they all have like, one title people. to their name. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's really interesting about these six rookies is that they all have different backgrounds. So like obviously Danilo's been in Motor GP and then he went to move to America and nearly won the championship there. And now he's come coming back to your like well not European but like world racing. Yeah. And he's in World Superbike and Remy's just come from MotoGP but in the KTM Rejects Club. <laughs> Sorry, Anna. <laughs> yeah. It kind of is. It hurts, yeah, um, but it's true. And then we obviously have Bradley Ray who just won the BSV championship. And and then we've got Domi and Baltasari who've come from um super sport and eric granado mm-hmm. is he from moto e yeah yes yeah. he just missed out last season to domi because he crashed yeah. in the last race in the second to last race but it, Sorry, it's just going to be so out like that <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's just going to be so interesting because they all obviously have such good skill but from different backgrounds it's going to be interesting to see who is going to be the top rookie this year and that, it, that's exactly it is it's the the fact that they're all so diverse but they're all so talented and they've all done so much with their careers the fact that they're all coming together in this one series makes the series so exciting because when you look at any of the riders on the grid they realistically all have a shot at winning the championship this year providing the bike let's ignore bike for a second but like they all have a chance of winning the championship this season and it's just I think it's one of the most exciting classes of World Superbikes of the past two years. Yeah, I'd say, like, it's, it's it's strange. Like, they're all coming from different backgrounds, but they've all had to ride in different ways, different styles, and now they're all coming mm. together. It's, I think it's, I think it's a matter of who will adjust the quickest. And I think mm. maybe, maybe a bit of this will play on um, what background they've each come from. So, obviously, um, I'd say someone like Petrucci, who's just come off a season riding a Panigale V4. I know you'll see this in America. He might have an upper hand to, you know, say um, Remy Gardner, who's just come off riding GP bikes for his whole, for his whole career. So I think it really does depend on who might um, who might adapt the fastest. Anyway, you know, this is a, a very different championship to what most people have ridden before. I mean, maybe not. Um, Domi and Lorenzo, you know, they've just come up from World Super Sport, which is, you know, same ish weekend, same whatever. So mm-hmm. it's it's all going to depend on adaptation. I think that's I think that's the key thing here. Like, if you get a good if you get a good start to the championship, then you, you're rookie of the year. You're in. Well, yeah. Being very, we're being very diplomatic here, but I do have someone who I think that has the best overall skill set and experiences that will probably help them adjust the fastest and not being biased but I do believe that Domi has great chance I agree a great chance also Michael Rinaldi said it he has Domi down as his guest for rookie of the year and who am I to <laughs> to say yes. no Michael Rinaldi is wrong I am right <laughs> we're really plugging this interview afterwards so make sure you go listen to it but yeah I completely agree and I really love the way that Domi backs himself as well and I just think 
especially with all the different series that he's raced in, it will just put him in in terms of adaptability. I do think it will put him a step up against a, a step above the rest. That's it for this episode. Uh, this part of the episode. Make sure you listen to the next bit. It'll pass me because we're technically recording this after we did the interview last week. Take it away with Domi Agatou. Now, Catherine is joined by Anik, and we're also joined by a very, very special guest. And I'll just let him introduce himself. So, Domi, do you want to just introduce yourself to the podcast? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Dominic Egeter, the Swiss rider. This year for uh, Superbike, and last year I won the Supersport and the Moto E title. Amazing. So first off, we wanted to have a bit of an icebreaker question. And a lot of people or our listeners know that we aren't very serious. And we first off wanted to just say that we've seen that you have your own limited edition wine after winning both titles last year. Have you done a wine tasting for it? And what does what is it like? <laughs> uh, I think um, when I'm honest, I don't like wine um, so much. <laughs> oh. so... But I have my own wine, so it's uh, nice with a special design. And yeah, we make, uh, I think, uh, some um, amounts. And um, yeah, it's a very nice gift or a nice present. Or yeah, it's nice for the fans, of course. Definitely. Mm -hmm. If you don't like wine, maybe next year it has to be beer or something else. (laughs) A good gin. Yeah, maybe. I have also a sponsor, but uh, when I'm honest, I also don't like beer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> there must be something. We will find you something. <laughs> okay. I think talking about the actual aspect of racing in the 2022 season, you, of course, uh, competed in two different championships was it stressful to be involved in both championship battles at the same time and how rewarding was it to win the moto e title this year after just yeah missing out the year before yeah let's say um it's not that easy to compete in two different um championship uh very very diff- difficult and different from each other uh first of all it needs to accept it from both teams because i was riding in two different teams so was also not so easy because some teams have different sponsors so sometimes i was riding with a brand from a different oil sponsor and one weekend i make publicity for this one and the next weekend make for the other one so <laughs> I was lucky that they had two good teams that let me ride two different championships. But then, yeah, when I speak about riding, um, the Moto E was a, a completely different bike. was uh, no shifting, no clutch, um, no sound, no smell. And you had only time, like six, seven laps to 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 find the limit, to, to find a good uh, feeling with the bike to to really push to the to the limit and see how it goes and this was very difficult but i think with my experience and um yeah with a lot of different bike i could adapt quite well and um yeah for sure uh after three years trying to take this title uh one one the first year i finished third the second year i finished second with both years i had a little bit unlock let's say 
And yeah, last year I could win with, uh, I think, 10, 10 podiums in 12 races, yeah. Alle guten Dinge sind drei. It's like third uh, all uh, there is an English translation for the saying, but I can't remember it. So <laughs> if if er everything goes well on the third try. Yeah. We was, three we tries was, lucky. Uh, yeah. We yeah. was <laughs> we was uh, speaking because we was uh, in a German um German team with the Intact team. And uh, when I won the title, it was saying in, in German or, or in Swiss German, like, uh, 3, 2, 1, Mainz. <laughs> Something <laughs> funny. Yeah. So did you find it difficult to switch focus between all of this different series that you, or the two different series that you're competing in? And how did you manage to do that? Um, for sure, it takes a lot of time because... Um, First of all, when you have uh, like a super sport race on on Sunday, then you need to um, yeah take a recap of the of the weekend um, and first make all the work uh, on Monday on Tuesday for the past weekend, and then when you have the next weekend the Moto E race, you already need to prepare uh, the the new Moto E weekend. So uh, also you need to travel. Let's say on Monday you need to travel um, home and on Wednesday you need to travel to the next next race so it was a very busy time the last uh, two three years but um, yeah let's say when you have two good teams uh, in the in the back of you that works very well for you also I speak always in two teams because one team is on the track with the with the racing team and the other team I have at home with the family and friends and manager and trainer. And yeah, I could just uh, concentrate 100% on my uh, racing. That's great. Um, of course, you're a bit of a jack of all trades. You've done motocross, Moto2, you've done the EWC, Supersport, Moto E. You did, of course, um, MotoGP test for Suzuki and now you're moving to Superbikes which bike do you think was the easiest to ride and which one did you enjoy most to try out <laughs> yeah difficult question because sure I would like to ride a little bit more of the MotoGP factory bike <laughs> yeah. it was uh, an amazing experience and um, yeah I will never forget this um yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, <laughs> let's say I I enjoy also a lot to to ride the R six when you see that um, uh, I have the bike under control um, can fight for victories. Um, this was for sure also something nice. <clears throat> but yeah, when I look back, also the one to five, uh, the Moto two, there was was a great great racing, great great bikes. And um, yeah, now I'm happy on the superbike and I hope I can enjoy as, as much as uh, I did in the past. I mean, maybe we've seen Jonas Folger doing, um, I think he's becoming um, a test rider for KTM right now. So maybe you have the chance to also get a few more tests in with MotoGP either. Yeah, well, there are quite a lot of German speaking 
test riders. We have Stefan Bratl and Jonas Holger now. <laughs> yeah, Third. you never you never know because yeah, let's say in this um, 33 laps I did in in Misano after I win the title of Moto E with the Suzuki factory team. Uh, I was like 2.1 second behind the fastest MotoGP rider. So I think my, how you say my, uh, yeah, I I give a good a good cred, uh, credit to the <laughs> from my <laughs> from my riding. Let's say. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you've really proven yourself. Hmm. Yeah. So, how much do you have to adapt your riding style for the different bikes? Um yeah, the, the Moto E was was very different because you have a lot of uh torque uh in the slower RPMs, let's say, or in the slower um, kilometer per hours. Uh between 40 and 100 you have a lot of power. So in these corners where you ride slow slower slower, um you need to give attention how you open the throttle because otherwise you high side because there is no electronics or traction control. But then in the fast corner, you can open the, the throttle already more early than the apex to nearly 100%. So this is completely different than a normal bike. Uh, this was for me the, the biggest change and the, the riding style I need to adapt very fast. And uh, yeah, while, while riding, I have... On on both bike, uh, my special editor style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked out for you, so that's the main yeah. thing. <laughs> What's the favorite track you've ever raced on? Um, in Texas, Austin is my favorite track. Oh. Oh, wow, that's not an answer I think we've had before. No, <laughs> no, no. Now you've said that you've. Uh, obviously you raced endurance racing before and I just I had a bit of a question I was like would you ever race the Isle of Man TT <laughs> um, <laughs> it's on my to-do list to go watching <laughs> uh, <But> not riding <laughs> to to really riding I I think um, I, maybe maybe one day but not for really racing because it's uh, very dangerous let's say um then better like Macau is something like a road racing as well, uh, but it's uh, less less big and I think a little bit more safe because in Isle of Man, uh, yeah, you have maybe four different uh, uh, weather condition and <laughs> you have animals or what else uh, on track. So um, yeah, I prefer uh, normal normal circuit racing <laughs> fair <laughs> enough <laughs> i mean i wouldn't want to compete in the isle of man tt either to be honest no. <laughs> um so of course you've done moto e and you've done the world super sport and those weekend formats are very different uh, different what do you prefer one race or multiple races per weekend uh, for me, uh, for sure, I like uh, two races per weekend. Now I will have three races, so <laughs> it, uh, three is quite a lot, I think. Um, but yeah, I like to have two races uh, for sure. Uh, 
they should make this uh, as well in in Moto Two or Moto Three because um, you you train all the year, you travel all the all the way to this um, track, and I think also for all the fans, they are there. So you have two chances on the weekend. Maybe when one race you have a bad luck, or you can um, let's say change the bike a little bit. So you have on Sunday again a chance to to ride and to show. Uh, what you are, what you can do on this track or with the bike. So, um, yeah, I was always enjoying it uh, to have two races. Would you then think it would be better to have two races and less practice sessions, for example, for Moto Two and Moto Three? Because I think time-wise, having two additional races, it would be very difficult to plan the weekend. Uh, yeah, it's it's for sure more more uh, busy. But <clears throat> like you see on on super sport or uh, even super bike, it's possible to do. And we have also three classes in a weekend. So um, I think Moto MotoGP in the past they had even uh, FP4. So uh, <laughs> and we, we in, in super sport we have only FP1, FP2, and then already the qualifying. <laughs> so uh, of course the the practice time uh, to prepare the bike it's very very short. But yeah, of course you have the time then maybe to adapt or set up the bike from race one maybe on Saturday evening to to Sunday for the race two. So I prefer racing than practice. That's understandable. <laughs> yeah, we can understand that. Now, there are also lots of different racing backgrounds in World Super Sport, uh, World Superbike compared to MotoGP. Do you think World Superbike is more accessible for younger riders that didn't necessarily take the traditional route into racing? Um, how do you mean about uh, to take better the way through Moto? Uh, uh, Super Sport 300 and Super Sport and Superbike, or the other way, or alternatives. Is... So, like through, so like we we would say that the traditional route would be up through the series. So World Super Sport, then uh, World Super Sport 600, then the Super Sport, then it, the Superbike. Whereas, like MotoGP, it's Moto Three, Moto Two, MotoGP. Do you think because of like the bikes in World Superbikes that it's easier to get into the series than it is, say, MotoGP? Uh, yeah, it's difficult to say. Mm. Um, I think both both way is not easy to to get in. Um, but yeah, I think the MotoGP way, uh, for sure, it's more difficult because there is a lot of riders they want to go there, and I think it's more uh. They pick more the really, really, really the best writers. And also, I think they check a little bit about nationality, a little mm. bit of money side. I don't know. But for sure, uh, these two things, it helps. Um, mm. And I think when you go more the superbike way, I think you need to be really, really uh, talented and show off to really go to the other paddock then. I mean, talking about the World Superbike paddock this season, um, there are a lot of 
big names in the World Superbikes paddock, coming from different classes or making their name in World Superbikes itself. Who are you most excited to race against and learn from as well? <laughs> yeah, um, Superbike is very, very uh, high high level. I think there is like 16 championships mm -hmm. riding in uh, champ world championship riders, um, winning championship uh, riding in this championship. So it's <laughs> difficult. Um, <clears throat> but for sure, the last two, three years, there was uh, three riders. Uh, was Toprak, uh, Rea and uh, Bautista that I'm looking forward to learn from them because they are the best. But then there is 10 factory riders um, with Rinaldi, Loves, uh, Redding, Van de Mark, uh, all, all, these, all these people. Uh, so I, I try to learn as fast as possible and uh, I hope I can battle with them soon. It's funny that you mentioned Rinaldi because our next question <laughs> uh, is after after the Portimao test, uh, Rinaldi told the press that he feels that you have the potential to become the rookie of the year this season. How does that make you feel knowing how strong the rookie lineup is with the likes of Petrucci, Petrucci and Gardner joining you as well? <laughs> yeah, Baldassari is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there is some other names as well, but yeah, I think Petrucci, Baldassari, uh, Gartner will be a very high competitive rookies. Um, yeah, it's nice to hear my names that they calling my names finally <laughs> <laughs> uh, that they are knowing me a little bit. So, um, yeah, I hope uh, this is sure one one goal of of this year to become a rookie of the year. But uh, sure, uh, it's also important to see where they are finished because let's say uh in Portimao okay Gartner was fast but like Petrucci and Balasari was still behind me and when I finish 15 and they are all behind me I'm I'm not happy with the best or best rookie. Do you feel like you have an advantage over them because you are very used to the circuits and to the weekend layout compared to them coming from different classes like Remy being in MotoGP, uh, Danilo being in Moto America last year? Um, uh, yeah, I would like to say I have an advantage, but uh, uh, not not really. Of course, uh, like um, most of Manicur I know already, they, they don't know. Uh, so it it will um, helps me for sure, but they are coming from MotoGP, so they have for sure also a lot of experience because this bike is not only uh, <laughs> riding bikes. This this bike have a lot of horsepower, a lot of power, and you need to adapt uh, a lot with the electronics to to make the bike ride rideable, especially in the first, second, and third gear. So this is something quite new for me. And uh, yeah, I think I have some advantage, but for sure they have also some some uh, experience already. Also, um, last season, the Yamaha bike was unfortunately lacking a bit of top speed in MotoGP and in World Superbikes as well. Do you feel like this has improved this year? 
<laughs> yeah. It's... <laughs> okay. Well, it's yeah, crazy, crazy when you watch on the on the paper. Of course, I I check and I see like I'm I'm losing like uh, 10, 10 uh, kilometer per hour on the straight uh, compared to the Ducati or also BMW or Honda. Um, but when I speak with the technician uh, from Yamaha. I uh, every time when I come inside the box, I say, "Oh, this bike has so much power; it's so difficult to handle." And they are always watching with big eyes to me and say, "Ah, oh, this they never <laughs> they never hear anymore for uh, one two years." So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I cannot really say on the straight because I was nearly riding all the time by myself and I needed to see that I could keep the throttle wide open. So, yeah, for sure we will see in, in Australia how, how the top speed will be. But, yeah, for me it was other other uh, things to work on than just checking my straight line speed. Speaking of areas that you'd like to work on, is there any that you... Um, what is an area that you'd like to work on? Um, <clears throat> I think the electronic side. It it's a very critical area of uh, of ad adapting and speaking with the technician. What what I need to have, um, and then also working with the rear brake because. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Yeah, it sounds strange. Maybe this who listen, but you are trying to open the throttle, full throttle, and in the same time uh, you try to brake with the rear brake to not really too much and take out some power, but try to keep the throttle open. So this is something quite strange, but it makes uh, uh, yeah. All the riders with fast bikes uh, make this, especially in Superbike and MotoGP. And uh, yeah, in in the past with Moto2 or Supersport or Moto E, uh, yeah, we wanted always to have more power and was very easy <laughs> to open the throttle out of the corner just full gas. But with the Superbike, it's it's not that easy. Um. What would you say is the biggest difference between a super sport bike and a super bike in terms of having to adapt your riding style to it? Uh, yeah, let's say the biggest difference for me is the is the power and then the electronics. Uh, the riding style, of course, the lines is a little bit different. Uh, depends of the track. Uh, you need to have new brake markers. Um, you need to, yeah, be different with the throttle. Uh, what the, what I just tell about um, the rear brake when you go out of the corners, but uh, yeah, it's the riding style by himself. It's not too too crazy different. So you kicked off testing as top independent day, uh, independent rider on day two. How much confidence does this give you heading into the start of the season? Yeah, started very well. Um, in Jerez was was nice. I was uh, riding around top ten, and then with the qualified tire, 
uh, that it's also something new for me <laughs> was uh, yeah quite impressing lap time but still I was uh, I think sixth and 0.9 behind the first so uh, still a big gap but yeah this gives me a lot of confidence of course uh, but then after we was in um, in Portimao and there was a little bit less good let's say I was struggling a little bit more but yeah, I can't wait to go to Australia, have there two days of testing and uh, let's see how it works with much more hot condition and a different track. And of course, we need to know, do you have any expectations or set goals for the upcoming season? Uh, yeah, I w for sure, I would like to <laughs> be in the top 10 in my first races. Um and then, yeah, go go direct uh, with, um, yeah, be the best rookie, <laughs> uh, best independent rider. And then, yeah, try during the races, that upcoming races to be always better. And I want to try to be also a few times best Yamaha rider. That would be good. Oh, that's, I mean... That's quite a big statement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe yeah. you we, we rate the confidence. <laughs> You've yeah. got to back yourself. I like, I like to hear yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I really like to hear this. Yeah. I mean, people also didn't expect Iko Ikuna being on the podium last year with True. the Honda being a bit weird with the bike. Yeah, but when you check the last, last year was really uh, crazy. It was only always the same three on the podium, maybe one, mm -hmm. two time a uh, different rider. But uh, the nice thing is that I know that I will get the, the same configuration uh, spec like the factory or like the, yeah, I cannot say factory team, but like the, how you say, like the Pata team mm -hmm. uh, from, from Toprak and Locatelli. So yeah, we start in the first race with, with uh, equal uh, material. So mm -hmm. this uh, gives me also a lot of confidence. But of course, I need to learn a lot first. Mm -hmm. I mean, exciting I... season. Yeah. <sighs> what do you think needs to happen in World Superbikes to see, to have it closer, the grid closer together and not always have the same three people on the podium? Do you think that's another manufacturer joining or something <laughs> like yeah. yeah i don't know uh, <laughs> i don't know I mean... it's, it's difficult to say and uh, <laughs> yeah if if you if i can say maybe it sounds arrogant but like you need to have new riders in the championship yeah. so, <laughs> uh, maybe i can fight with them and uh, try to yeah, not push them out, but put push them out from the podium. But yeah, yeah I think this is is like uh, some years ago in in MotoGP, yeah. there was many many riders had the same or same um, much uh, bikes, but there was always like Rossi, uh, Bedrosa, uh, Lorenzo, and Stoner the the first four, let's say, and then was coming a big group behind. So I think. The last two years, uh, these three people had just something more than everybody else. And yeah, I hope we can stop them a little bit. But yeah, it's, 
it's difficult to yeah give them something maybe i think the, the championship could maybe do something about weight maybe if you win three times in a row give them five kilo weight or something like this but <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> it's difficult to to make it more competitive yeah yeah no that's really interesting um so our the next bit that we're going to do is our normal segment that our podcast listeners know about um we like to do quick fire questions and really get to the point quickly we always say we're gonna get to the point quickly but then we end up having discussions about the answers so <laughs> we'll see yeah. see what happens but um the first one is win from pole or win from back of the grid back of the grid that's everyone's that's answer yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> no one said win from pole yeah. <laughs> yeah, i think People just like to see when you're just passing and overtaking and you just, yeah, you just know that they're all behind you and you've done that. Yeah, that's for sure much more interesting, yeah. <laughs> um, time penalty or grid penalty? Uh, grid penalty. Hmm. Stay in a hotel or a motorhome? Uh, hotel. I was I was the the first um, nearly ten years of my road racing career. I was always uh, in the motorhome, mm. but then in MotoGP was not anymore allowed. And then I was in these cheapy rooms that they rent. Uh, and then uh, yeah, it was quite expensive. So I was going to the hotel, and I I feel quite quite good because you can disconnect a little bit from the racetrack and yeah there is nearly everywhere quite close hotels to the circuit and cheat day or rest no cheat meal or rest day (laughs) (laughs) i got a bit confused here (laughs) um i think rest day because I always take some cheat meals. What's your favorite cheat meal? Chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true Swiss. (laughs) Chocolate. I eat every day too much chocolate. Me too. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, What's your hype song at the moment? My? Hype song. Favorite song? Yeah. Um, Peppas. Peppas from Pura. Oh yeah. It's very popular right now, I think. Catherine, I bet you know it because it's on a lot of TikToks. It's a TikTok (laughs) song as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's my favorite song. Okay. Next one is might be a bit controversial but if you're you're starting to race and you're heading into the first corner on the first lap which rider are you most scared to have next to you (laughs) 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 funny question no um for sure uh 
yeah, now I, I, I speak about the past because there was for sure Corsi that was a rider that I didn't like so much beside me. There was uh, Debon. I don't know if you remember Alex Debon. Um, then there is uh, ooh, uh, Simeon. Uh, yeah, there was some riders that I didn't like to have near me on the start. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe last year also Onchi because he was quite aggressive <laughs> sometimes. Maybe too much. <clears throat> yeah. I yeah. like I, I think the laugh <laughs> gave it away. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that you could have gone a very diplomatic route and say, oh, maybe no some people of the mo <laughs> i i remember someone said in an interview everyone on the moto 3 grid without calling someone out <laughs> intentionally but i like that you had your entire list prepared for this question yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what's more stressful five minutes before qualifying or five minutes before the race uh I think five minutes before qualifying, because uh, five minutes before the race, you are already uh, on the grid. And I think you have already put your helmet on, your gloves on, and you are fully focused for the race on the on the grid. And just waiting to that the umbrella girl and the mechanics go away, take out the, the tire warmers, and then you can go on the warm up lap um more corner speed or more top speed <laughs> yeah when we speak about uh my my yamaha power i think more top speed no i don't know <laughs> yet, but i think i take top speed now for now on <laughs> um dry race or wet race Dry race. Do you have a pre-race ritual? And if yes, what is it? Uh, not not really ritual. I think I'm I'm quite um, how you say uh, yeah, not ritual, but I have my routine routine all mm -hmm. all the race weekend. So, uh, let's say I eat my pasta or rice and chicken two hours before the first race then let's say i watched the uh, super bike maybe now it will be super sport <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then uh, yeah just a little bit uh, running to warm up my body a little bit stretching and then yeah just uh, listen some music a little bit uh, going to the visualization the track and yeah prepare my my stuff really uh good and then yeah not really special ritual and i if there is sometimes a a moment that i have something else or the time difference or a red flag or something like this so i just adapt and there is no no big problem if you could have dinner with three people of your choice, dead or alive, who would you pick? For dinner? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, oh, 
This is the one that stumps you. <laughs> Difficult to say. I think uh, I I will when I road racing for Valentino Rossi. Hmm. Um, maybe Ronaldo. I would like to to uh, uh, learn him personally. And Roger Federer, of course, one Swiss guy. Oh, yeah. he... <laughs> I love Roger Federer. I was really, really sad when he retired last year. It was yeah. heartbreaking. <laughs> um, well, talking about this, who is your biggest sports idol? And it doesn't have to be motorsport related, but it can be. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> one of these two or two of these two, I already say, like Dr. Yeah. Federer and Rossi is something very, uh, very high. Uh, yeah, I watch them like they are re really pro professional. They did all over 20 years uh, a lot of um, great things uh, for our sport, for our country. And yeah, uh, this is something just amazing and uh, legendary, and uh, yeah, I will always look up to them. Yeah, who's going to win in MotoGP and who's going to win in World Superbikes, the championship, the whole thing? <clears throat> um, mm. <laughs> 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 ah, it's difficult to say, uh, but. I think, and I would like to uh, give him a try to win Alice for MotoGP oh. <laughs> with Aprilia. <laughs> um, and in Superbike, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it will be Bautista again because I think his package is uh, is really good in the moment so it's quite difficult to to really stop him and also yeah when you see so the races was like he can easy overtake and in a race it takes always a lot of uh power and um force to overtake somebody back who just overtake you easy on the straight If you were a MotoGP rider, who would you want to be your teammate? And which team would you like to race for? Um, I think I like um, I like it, the Suzuki. Okay, now it's not anymore there. Oh, but, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, let's say um, I would like to try the Aprilia because it looks... Uh, yeah, it looks like a, a great bike. Um, and my teammate, uh, the, from the grid now or from the past? <laughs> Do you want to say Remy Gardner now just to, <laughs> to no. get the friendship already going? <laughs> oh, no, no, I think uh, no, but if I can say uh, like Valentino Rossi or like uh, Barry Sheen or uh, Kevin Schwanz <laughs> or something like this, Kenny Roberts, you know, I think this is uh, would be fantastic teammates, uh, for sure, very funny. But I think all my all my careers, I had always very great uh, teammates. Um, 
I never had really uh, uh, fights with them. You know, we I think we was always uh, becoming good friends, and <laughs> yeah, we 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 was friends inside the box and uh, on the track. We was uh, how you say enemies, enemies, competitive. Raclette or fondue? Fondue. And I mean, we already talked about Swiss legends. So, well, one of them is Swiss, but the other one is Austrian right now. And it's DJ Bobo or DJ Ötzi. <laughs> yeah, of course, DJ Bobo. <laughs> and of course... <laughs> An iconic man, maybe the most iconic man that we've talked today about. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for coming on, Domi. First off, we'd like to thank you from the starting lap and we'd like to wish you the best of luck for the upcoming season. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we are at the sighting lap across all social media and we shall link Domi socials on all of our social media. Thank you very much for joining and we will be back next week with another episode.